Hello. Hi. Welcome to Northern Frights. Welcome. We're a, well, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> We're a podcast that discusses paranormal ghost stories and true crime stories that happen in the four state region around Minnesota, including North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin, mayhaps Michigan, if we Ooh. remember it. <laughs> that it exists. It does exist. It does exist. I'm Anna. And I'm Alyssa. We are Northern Frights. Again. Welcome again. Welcome. I can't stop saying it. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, welcome. Welcome. So, we have some stories to tell you. Do we? We do. So many. Many stories. <laughs> All right. You're doing a true crime one, correct? Yeah. Okay. Then I'll have a paranormal one. Ooh. So, I'm scared now. Okay, I'll go then. <laughs> I'm always scared. I'm I have a question scared. first. Did yeah. you see Pet Cemetery yet? No, not yet. Okay. I thought I'd follow up, see uh, if you saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to see that. What else do you want to see? Um, the Curse of La Lorena. Mm. Did I pronounce that correctly? You know you did. So correct. <laughs> it's very obvious. Be good at Spanish. Be good. Be La good. Lorena. La Lorena. Mm-hmm. There's a role in there. Lorena. That, that my Minnesota accent is just like, I don't understand Why? how really? that works. <laughs> that, doesn't make, that doesn't make sense. Silly. I almost burped again. I, I didn't. Know. But I didn't. You didn't. I didn't. You have self-control. So. <laughs> you self-control. No, no I don't. <laughs> okay. So I okay. shall tell you the story of the Val Johnson incident. Val Johnson Val incident. Johnson incident. <laughs> Thousands of men. What happened in Stephen, Minnesota, which is Stephen, which is located in Marshall County, which I wrote. I wrote this a sentence as located in Marshall County, which is northern Minnesota, <laughs> not which is in northern Minnesota, northwest Minnesota. Yeah, uh, it's near North Dakota. It happened on August 27th, 1979. Mm-hmm. Deputy Sheriff Val Johnson was on duty on County Road 5 when he saw a beam of light just above the road. Mm-hmm. Val originally thought it might have been a truck with a busted headlight, but it was too bright for that. So he decided to follow it, which is always <laughs> Going a terrible to the light. decision. Yeah, like, who, <laughs> who says to themselves, I should go towards the light? No one. When you're you're dying. Yeah, that's like the only option. <laughs> um, the eight to twelve inch ball of light was floating about three and a half feet off the ground and was speeding towards him. Okay. His car was engulfed in light and he heard glass breaking. <laughs> Thirty nine minutes later he woke up. Oh my god. So it's zooming at him. Mm-hmm. It's zooming at him. He's his like, vehicle is lit up like mm-hmm. fourth of July He's and like, then what All is what's this? What's this? And then he woke up 39 minutes later. And I like that he knows exactly. Well, it's interesting because okay. there's more to this. Okay. He re- realized his wristwatch and the vehicle clock had stopped for 14 minutes. So it kind of like tracked exactly what amount of time was lost. We'll figure this out at some point. The windshield was shattered, one headlight and the red emergency light were damaged, and a huge dent was on the hood of the car. Also, the radio antenna on it was bent, Mm -hmm. and there were, like, some bugs stuck to it. 
complete like actual bugs actual that we bugs. identified yeah. already. Like okay. real earth critter bugs. Okay. They weren't like it was like space critters like, what is this? What is this alien? <laughs> the car was sitting on its side, halfway off the road in the opposite lane. Mm-hmm. He radio headquarters for back for help. Not backup. Help. <laughs> <laughs> he was also injured. Um, they were taken or he was taken to Warren Hospital, which is near the town of Stephen. And he had bruises and eye irritation that was physically compared to welder's burn, which I don't know if you know what that is. It's a sunburn in the eye. Oh, owie. Um, it's usually caused when, like, sparks are shooting off a welder's instrument. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and also when people are exposed to ultraviolet lights. Mm. Don't Google something. No. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at the images. There, there was one time I was watching Jimmy Fallon. And he had this hand injury, and he's like, I had a ring avulsion. And like, he's like, don't look it up. And so I was like, I must look it up. And it was horrendous. Is it the degloving, yeah. but on your ring finger yeah. or something? And it, like, gets pulled up, the skin. No. Uh, and, like, every time I wear my ring and I get, like, like I'm doing something, and it kind of gets, like, catches on it, and I'm like, <gasps> ring avulsion. So is it evulsion? Evulsion. Evulsion, yeah. okay. Ooh. Google it. No, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he told Sheriff Dennis Brecky what he saw, and he had no explanation for it. During questioning, they noticed that his watch was 14 minutes behind, and this was weird for him because he's very fastidious. Fastidious, thank you. English is my second language. (laughs) (laughs) About syncing his watch and his car clock. They noticed his car clock was 15 minutes behind, too. Um, Then, Brecky then called the UFO studies in Illinois. There's, What? UFO yeah. studies? UFO studies in Illinois. Apparently this is a place which we are going to for sure check out. We might extend this four-state region a little <laughs> bit because I would love to hear UFO, UFO yeah. stories at, like, a legit place. Mm-hmm. Vets. Yeah, like, yeah. Because I'm assuming that's what they do. Yeah, because, like, so this guy comes, Alan Henry, who is a UFO investigator from there. He turned up in Warren the next day. Day. He's like, oh dang. He's like, I gotta go. This is serious. This is investigator. The real, real business deal business. This is like on the low. Honestly, how have you ever heard of that? The UFO the, studies. The in studies Illinois? in Illinois, but then also there's a UFO investigator. I have not. I mean, unless I watch like shows on like yeah. the Travel Channel, where right. it's like it's usually some like guy who's got like weird ass hair, and he's just like. <laughs> I study UFOs for a living. I live in my mom's He sounds basement. normal when you first start, and then yeah. it's like, down and it's like oh, and it's done. All right. <laughs> he, studied, he studied the car and the circumstances, trying to rule out anything that could show it was a hoax, and he came to only one conclusion. What? It was real. It's real. It's a real UFO. An investigator from Honeywell, which, fun fact, that's where my grandpa used to work. Oh, he was an engineer. It was not my grandpa. Okay. I did it. Um, he studied the antenna. He believed it had been bent by a high-impulse blast of air, but had no idea what exactly caused it. The swooshing as he came fast forward. Yeah, the UFO him, was, like, was just like, pew! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or as it left, maybe, depending on the direction, mm-hmm. it maybe just pushed it. Push it. Up, you know, so it's up here and he left this way, it would go pew. Mm-hmm. No, I'm trying to say. Sure. You did some hand. Yep, 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 yep. You got it. Determined it was probably not by hand due to presence of insects on the antenna. Mm-hmm. So it must have been just like flying fast. 
these aliens were being reckless. <laughs> They're lawless. It's a teenage alien. Teenage <laughs> aliens going for a joyride. They're like, let's hit the cop. Yeah. Die, pig. <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. <laughs> but they didn't get them. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Theories were thought of for what happened. Ball of light, or excuse me, ball lightning, or fallen equipment from a nearby Air Force base were some of the theories that came up, uh, but all of them were debunked. A UFO encounter was the main theory as to what happened. After the incident, Johnson received tons of calls. He was interviewed by lots of papers, and he even went on Good Morning America. Wow. Yeah, like it was big news, which is interesting because I never heard of it. I know, and it's in our state. Yeah. Um, Johnson says he doesn't believe that the light was an alien, but he won't rule out the possibility. He just says that he saw a light and went towards it, which, like I said, is never a good decision. I think he'll think again about that. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the time when I was living on campus? I was like in my dorm room and. I was looking outside, and I'm like, why is the moon so big? And then, like, staring at it, and it kind of started to move. It was like this, like, ball circle. Like, started, up in the sky yeah, where it's not, like... Yeah, like, over, like, the tree lines. Oh, my Lord. And it was, like, all of a sudden started to, like, move. Side to side or towards? It was moving... Away. I think it was moving to the right from where okay. I was sitting. Oh, my god! And so, like, I started to freak out. I ran into my roommate, Ellen, or... <laughs> Somebody. Somebody's room. And I was like, look, look, look. And I started, like, basically, like, trying to rip her shades off of her window to show her. But then it was gone. It was gone. So you obviously went back to the wherever yeah. you saw it originally. It yeah. was gone. It was gone. So I was like, did I see an alien? Did I have a stroke? I don't know. <laughs> Crazy part, Anna, is you have a lot of stories. I do. About some weird stuff which is either like I have some sort of like cool ability or I'm like schizophrenic I don't know <laughs> <laughs> um, publicity of the event started to put a strain on his family mm-hmm. um, but once the fervor of everything passed he went back to his normal life he raised his family and became the chief of police in Oslo Minnesota okay. he was at one point going to start um, up a police department in Roseau Mm-hmm. Which, interesting how it kind of ties to that earlier story about the hide-behinds. Oh, were those and the in Rozo? And the Wendigos and But funds ran out, so he didn't get to do that. Um, he now lives in Wisconsin and doesn't talk about the events much. The car is currently at the Marshall County Museum, and it has a plaque that says UFO car, which I love how it's just UFO car. Super specific. Yeah. Okay, Marshall. Like Marshall County Museum. I smell a road trip and yep works. and it's like if you were to go there and you didn't know the story of it and you just saw something <laughs> that just says ufo car <laughs> would you be like is that a ufo i would think they drove the aliens drove that yeah car. they were like because that's not very yeah. helpful yeah does it have a well you may not know a placard in yeah. front of it describing it i don't know if it says that like about it, val i'm guessing it would probably give some sort of like <laughs> background so just be like ufo car and people be like i'm sorry what um, it's also shown on display at the Marshall County Fair. Oh, heck yeah. Which, that's, I want to go to that fair now. I know. Forget Love the to... state fair. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the Marshall County Biggest Fair. Biggest fair ever. Let's go to the teeny, <laughs> teeny one. 
Um, it's considered one of the top 10 most influential UFO counters in history just because of all the evidence and things that have happened to it. Yeah. So I had some interesting thoughts because that's kind of like the end of the story. Just pause. Yes. Marshall County Fair is July 24th through the 28th. Fantastic. In Warren. Warren, huh? That's where everything happened. Well, almost where everything happened. Okay. So, mm-hmm. noted. Let the figure out the street. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's a small town, so it'd probably be like, you show up and there it is. <laughs> There's the street. Um, I had some interesting thoughts about this. So yes, please. I think for the time, could it have just been hype over aliens that brought uh-huh. people to believe that it was aliens? Because two years before Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out, Alien came out the same year that this happened. Oh. Many other abductions had occurred at the time, like abductions, quote-unquote. Quote a French race car driver said he had been abducted, uh, but could it have also been real because of the Welder Burns and Welder's Burns? Welder Burns? Welder Burns. <laughs> it's one word. The Welder Burns. <laughs> the time changes. Um, there's also a number of other reported incidents nearby. Okay. In Fargo... Fargo, North Dakota, Dakota. on October, in October 1948, um, there was an incident called the Gorman Dogfight, which is when a U.S. Air Force pilot sighted and pursued a UFO for 27 minutes over Fargo. In Ellsworth, um, actually it's the Ellsworth UFO sighting is what it's called, in Bismarck, North Dakota, 1953, a UFO was witnessed by nearly 45 people at the Ellsworth Air Force Base. Um... In November 1953 in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, um, Felix, I think it's Moncla, it might have been a different pronunciation of his last name, mm-hmm. he was a UFO, excuse me, he was a UFO. <laughs> his, be- his body was a vessel. He was a vessel. <laughs> Which is true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Science. Um, he was a U.S. God dang, can't even say it, a U.S. Air Force pilot. <laughs> who disappeared with 2nd Lieutenant Robert Wilson, um, and he was pursuing a UFO over Lake Superior. Oh, my gosh. Air Force reported that he had crashed, and that an unknown, quote-unquote, object was misidentified Canadian Air Force airplane. Um, Apparently, my my phone did some autocorrecting because it says, Do y'all Canadian Air Force? (laughs) Do (laughs) y'all? knew you're from Minnesota. So yeah. Wanted to make you feel good. Yeah. Um, the Canadian Air Force disputed the claim mm-hmm. in saying that none of their airplanes were in the area during that time. In Canada, I would believe. Yeah. They're pretty they're pretty decent people. <laughs> it's just a group of mooses. Yeah. <laughs> just in one city. In one city. There's like a <laughs> beavers and moose. Just, like, hanging around. They have those hats that have the ears that come yep. down. Yep, <laughs> yep. Just those. <laughs> Paul Bunyan's living up there somewhere with Bigfoot. Yes. That's all it Bigfoot. is. That's all it is. We're never going to be allowed to go to Canada. <laughs> I know. Um, so, in the end, my question is, what is it with Air Force bases and UFO sightings? That's kind of weird. Because there's a lot. There is. And what's that one... This is the dumbest question ever. But what's the one that had Area 51? Oh, yeah, That's Area 51. Air For- or yeah. not Air Force, but yeah. a, Just like a military thing. Yeah. I did. Because they're trying to talk to our uh, higher-ups, officials. Uh, why Why will you not take us to your leaders? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're like, hello. Hello. We get questions. Yeah. 
You're not answering them. So that's it. That's the Vale Johnson incident. I thought it was really interesting. It is good. I hope anybody else did too. Well, I'm somebody. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I, somebody. <laughs> well, I'm sure you did. Mm-hmm. I listened to the, and that's why we drew mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. about the abductions. Did you? It's like an episode or two before. I think so. Which one? Because I feel like they do a few. Um, it was recent, I believe, and it was um one or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and two guys were out fishing. Yeah, in Mississippi. I'm not sure, but I yeah, that's all it was. Yeah, and that was really interesting. Yeah. So I'm, that was cool. To, I mm-hmm. just was listening that mm-hmm. other day. So mm-hmm. wine and crime podcast this week. They're doing alien abductions. Oh they talk about the Betty and Barney Hill. I see. I don't know much about them at it's, all, oh, but it's very interesting. Yeah, because there's like all these like signs and things on their bodies. Oh, the about, people that had yeah. got abducted. Yeah, they came back with like not tattoos but symbols on them. I don't know if they. I can't remember if they had those. I can't remember. I just spaced out. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's hard to remember all this it's hard stuff. To remember, I yeah. do have a question. Yes. Is Val Johnson? He was a sheriff or deputy or he something. He was a deputy sheriff, is what his deputy title was. Deputy sheriff. He was both. He was both. Sorry, just updating my notes because I would love to look that up. Yeah. I'm also going to look up UFO studies in Illinois. Mm-hmm. I want to become a UFO investigator. Mm-hmm. What's behind mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. And then legit, we should make a, a Marshall trip. County Museum or County. Yeah, there. I think I had a picture of it that I can find. UFO car, Marshall. Where the the heck's Warren? I'm going to look that up. You do what you Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like right near the North Dakota border. Here's the car. Oh, yeah. Here's a picture of the antenna. Oh, yeah. It's not like just bent in half. It's like down at the bottom. It's like bent. I can't zoom in, but that's really interesting. It's um, Warren, which I think is where this thing is, is west of Thief River Falls. So it's northeast of Grand Forks. Just as a okay. reference. Okay, yep, yep. Here's the window, the sh- um, windshield of the car. It's got the giant crack. Yeah. Looks like some sort of like baseball hit it or something. Yeah, it's small enough for baseball. Mm-hmm. But... Super okay, so it's a five hour drive, so it's a weekend trip. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to go to Warren? Who wouldn't want to go generally all the way up to northern Minnesota? Potential. Roseau is not close. Isn't it like kind of like to more Warren, eastern? I mean, it's north, northeast, and okay. it's actually more towards Canada. Canada. Okay, I was like, I'm like, is that Canada? <laughs> it's Canada. <laughs> so Canada. Is it, there's Rozo and there's Warren. Okay, Rozo is like way up where the tippy top thing Tippy-toppy. is on Minnesota. Yep. Warren is just a little bit south of the edge. <clears throat> I'm going through puberty, so mind my <laughs> voice changing. Welcome to the other side. <laughs> puberty, buddy. So, yeah, that's my story. Very good. I highly, what was I going to say, look forward to more. If you want to do UFO month, 
<gasps> I would love that. Oh my god, we should. Yes, yes. <laughs> like yes. legit. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited yeah. about that yeah. subject. Yeah. Because as you know, I don't. As I said, I don't yeah. know much about it. So. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna do true crime, which is Yay. my my whatever lately my thing. Yeah, thing. All right. So this case I'm doing would be so good to look into more because okay. I was looking at like doc court documents mm-hmm. and I'll only briefly mention the one thing that was very interesting and by the time we had to do it I couldn't mm-hmm. look into Get it there more. more. So here we go. It is the kidnapping of Virginia Piper. Oh. Do you know anything about that? I know of the Piper building at Abbott Northwestern okay. Hospital. Oh, is it the same people? I probably? think so. I think it's probably the same family. Um, a, on a phrase that, oh my god, a phrase that sounded familiar to me is the Piper Jaffrey and Hopwood. Piper, Piper Jaffrey. Jaffrey. Yeah. That wording sounds familiar. Yeah, I and don't know. I think you'll think, or I think one more name will sound familiar to okay. you. Okay. If you've ever watched TV in the 90s or early I, 2000s. I believe I did. <laughs> yes. I believe as a child, that was my best friend. You might best even friend, be able to so. fill in the blanks okay. for um, commercial. Yes. All so right. Interesting. Okay. okay. So on July 27, 1972, mm-hmm. two armed masked men go into the home of Virginia Piper and leave with the 49-year-old woman. Mm. Virginia, better known as Ginny, and that's mm-hmm. all I'll refer to her, is okay. kid or is um, handcuffed and blindfolded. The next day, her husband, Harry, better known as Bobby... Makes sense. A prominent Twin Cities investment banker personally delivers a $1 million ransom to the unidentified kidnappers. Mm. Four decades later, no one has served a day in prison for the crime. Oh, so, okay. It's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so... Or Ginny, I believe. Um, she is at home. Mm-hmm. She has a house on Lake Minnetonka. They fancy folks. So they're super fancy. And um, she's at home. But they have a 19-year-old son. And he's driving home from his summer job. And while he's listening to the radio that day, he hears through the radio that his mom has been oh kidnapped. Oh, my God. Can you How imagine terrifying. that? terrifying. Like, you're just hanging out to listening to um, Rocket Man, Elton John, <laughs> whatever is... Yes. <laughs> whatever is popular then. So, um... And all of a sudden, it's just like, your mom's been kidnapped. Yeah, they would have said, like Virginia that. Piper, kidnapped, FBI, oh. stuff, details. <laughs> stuff, details. <laughs> Insert. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so the Thursday, the 27th, or um, July 27th, is mm-hmm. a Thursday. And she, Ginny, her typical routine on Thursdays is to get her hair and nails done. Mm-hmm. And she had done that that day. And she was working in her garden um, that went down to a private lake, which I thought was pretty cool. That's I have one of those, too. I do. It's a puddle. That's what we have. It's a puddle. <laughs> Lots of ducks at swimming. Lots of duckies. (laughs) It's uh, approximately 1 p.m. and one of Ginny's cleaning ladies, one of her cleaning ladies. Is this a series of housekeepers (laughs) situation again? Yeah. (laughs) She had two actually that worked and they were in her house at that time. Um, One of them comes running out of the house and she's in a panic and for some reason Ginny decides she needs to go into the house. 
where the danger Jeez. is. What? These are <laughs> our stories are about a group of people who make terrible decisions. <laughs> yeah, because in theory you probably run. Yeah, I'd be like, she's running. I'm going to my I too house. shall run. <laughs> right, and so she just runs straight into the danger. Mm-hmm. And once she gets into the house, she sees a bulky man with a black hood, jacket, and two guns. It's Yosemite Sam. <laughs> One in each hand. And she turns her head and sees another man similarly dressed with two guns as well. So they just have their hands full. I don't know how they're kidnapping pew, people. Pew, pew. It's terrible. But I'm going to catch you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious now. So one of the man, mans, mans asks, where's your old man? Ginny responds, <laughs> this is serious. He's at work. It's the middle of the day on a Thursday. That's Duh. what she says. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> she sounds like she's also really tired of the situation already. She's <laughs> like, I just got my hair done. I just got wow. my nails did. What are you doing? What it's a Thursday doing? It's afternoon. the middle of the day on a Thursday. <laughs> okay. So then he responds with, where's your safe? And she says, well, we don't have a safe, but you're welcome to my jewelry. And the men don't want to settle for that. So Mm -hmm. they handcuff Ginny, put a pillow case over her head, tie up the cleaning ladies. And as they leave, they leave an envelope uh, behind. Mm -hmm. They all three leave in a stolen car. Mm -hmm. And the cleaning ladies that were still in the house managed to get loose. And they go to Ginny's sister's house, who then calls Ginny's husband. Oh, at work, and he, he, even though he's a very busy man, he was happened to be at his desk eating lunch, mm. and they tell him that Ginny's been kidnapped. So Bobby, as I sort of had mentioned, he's an influen- influential businessman, highly respected. He's on the board of governors for the stock market. Like, he's oh, way up he's there. Up. And he's also a student at a divinity school and a chairman at Piper, Jaffrey, and Hopwood and son of a founder. I'm going to look that up while you're talking. Piper Jaffrey sounds so familiar. Yeah. I can't think of why. Okay, so they take Ginny and they drive up 35W mm-hmm. to the J. Cook State Park, which is near That's Duluth. That's my, my, where our family's cabin is. Oh my gosh. It's in like that area. You could have found her. Were Probably you? not because it was 1972. <laughs> not yet. You went to bed. Your family could have. My dad, what was he doing? Gosh, dad. So she's brought to a remote part of Jay Cook State mm-hmm. Park. And Bobby, upon receiving the call from the ladies, calls the FBI immediately. Good. Question. Yes. There's no Google back then. How do you know how to call the FBI? Well, if he's, like, up Way and up, up there, he probably knows. Because he also deals with money. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it might be just no. My guess okay. is he'd be like, I have to have their number on my phone. Good deal. On my you. phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just and his rotary. rotary. <laughs> and it's the FBI. <laughs> I love that. So there's the FBI working on it, Hennepin County Sheriff's, Orono Police, and more people. Mm-hmm. Um, he returns home and he finds the envelope. Mm-hmm. Inside is uh, typed pages demanding $1 million in $20 bills, along with very specific instructions on how to handle the money. Um, to put it in a specific, like, custom bag, which mm-hmm. I never learned more than that, mm-hmm. and then to wait more, for more instructions. Mm-hmm. So he prepares the money by calling his friend, who is the president at First National Bank. Mm. High up friends. Yeah. 
And somehow they were able to get the money ready by the next day. Um, the ne- that day, um, they receive a phone call at the house in which Bobby answers. And it's Ginny's voice, but not Ginny. It's our pre-recorded Ginny. Oh, okay. And she's giving him instructions on how to deliver the package that night. Mm. So the instructions include to put the money in his car, drive to a specific intersection in St. Louis Park. Mm-hmm. There he finds a radio transmitter, which he puts on the dash of his car, and some notes which direct him. Mm-hmm. He then transfers the money to a green Monte Carlo and drives to the Sportsman Bar in North Minneapolis. So he's just driving all over. <laughs> he go, he's told to go inside the bar and to make exactly two phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, during which, while he's in there, they remove the money from the car. Mm-hmm. Once, you know, the somebody, they don't know who. Yeah. And then once he leaves um, that bar, he goes to a Bloomington Holiday gas station in Bloomington. Okay. I mean, it's a big town, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. I don't know what like, I'm like, I'm like, which, which one? one? Which one well, could it have Might have been? been less than 72. True, very true. So I don't know. Yeah. Soon thereafter, because the FBI is working with him, they impound the car that he had left behind. Mm. But there's no money, no Ginny. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next morning, a clergyman at a church gets a call, and he's told where Ginny can be found mm-hmm. and to also call the FBI. Interesting. Very weird. Yeah. Like, they're like, hey. Three hours <laughs> hey. later, the FBI finds Ginny. She's wet, dirty, but unharmed in his bra home. Okay, per- good. Three days wrapped good. up, good to go. <laughs> done. Mm-hmm. Done and done. So Kenneth Callahan and Donald Larson are arrested for this kidnapping they both go to uh, court and it's a very long trial mm-hmm. the two are defended by ron meshbesher <gasps> meshbesher and spence yes good job that's in my notes and you just know that i don't believe that was his take at the time probably not <laughs> but spence yes. came in the picture later <laughs> later so he's defended by or they are defended by ron meshbesher and bruce hardigan which hardigan sounds familiar maybe they split Maybe they said maybe it was Mesh Pressure the bell, and Hardigan. The boy band, lawyer group, <laughs> separated. They're like, we can't Join somebody else. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So then the t- they happen to be the most formidable defense attorneys in town. Um, Callahan and Larson eventually get convicted, but apparently on sketchy evidence. Mm. Because they appeal the convictions and they do get overturned. Mm. And the two are retried two years later, but are then acquitted. Oh, wow. So I thought I'd give a couple details about when Ginny was in the woods. Yeah. I watched a YouTube <laughs> episode, what, video, whatever. Uh-huh. And it was an author um, who had written a book about this. And he, okay. Ginny apparently has a really good memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't write down everything. Is she still alive today? She, well, I don't know if she has died or not. But okay. she was alive after this incident. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't yeah. know. Okay. Um, so they gave her plastic sheets to sit on in the woods. Nice. She had a man always guarding her. Mm-hmm. She's handcuffed. He uses a chain to keep her at the tree. So even though I just said he's always with her, sometimes mm-hmm. he would walk away. Sure. So just to keep her there, they did handcuff her to the chain to mm-hmm. the tree. Mm-hmm. All right. So they mostly spent long hours just in silence. Just hanging out. Yeah. Um, they are nice enough, I guess, to give her wool pants and a sweater bearing the insignia St. Olaf. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad they gave her something because it, it rained, so she would have been cold. Yeah. Um, Especially those woods up there. Yeah. They're creepy. I've never been to Jay Cook. I have a picture. Well, I, I pull it up on the map. Pull it up on the map. I pulled it up on the maps. <laughs> the Google Maps. Uh, how far it is? Yeah, so it's two hours from here. It's oh. like St. Paul. And from your family, Kate. It's like half, half an hour. Half an hour? How is it 30 hours from the south end to the top? That's Minnesota. Or, that's minutes. Oh. That's Minnesota. <laughs> that's so stay 30 minutes from where our cabin's located. Nice. Not two hours from, like, the cities. The cities, yeah. The cities. That's that's. So they tell her that they were going to kidnap Bobby, but since all those things fell through, they ended up just kidnapping Ginny. <laughs> They're like, we're tired. We're, we're tired. Just going with we'll you. just take you, I guess. Yes. Um, the, she was told the kidnapping was arranged by a bar owner who also provided the guns and masks mm. and that he would wipe their debt clean if they kidnapped Bobby. She gets, so they like had like a bar tab and they were just I like... Guess. <laughs> If you kidnap I mean, this rich lady. In theory, it could be gambling related or drugs, money, true, you know. True. Who knows? True. But well, like, I just, just imagine like immediately it's just tab. like a norm from Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Just like he owes money. <laughs> he owes money. He's gotta do what he's gotta do. Um she gets some food. Um she doesn't really ever look at the people or the guy straight on, so she doesn't know much about him. Mm-hmm. But other than he's white. But then when discussing with the FBI, they think that a lot of the information, like they were going to kidnap Bobby or anything that they told them was mm-hmm. really just misinformation. Interesting. Okay. They don't think, they didn't really actually believe it. Huh. And then some final facts about the case mm-hmm. I didn't talk about. So the FBI interviewed over a thousand people. Wow. Um, they originally were... Um, Looking only at Minnesotans who had a criminal record within Minnesota. So they didn't... Okay. They thought it was someone who had a history It wasn't prior. those Illinois people. <laughs> <laughs> Did they come up and do it? Um, that They really wanted to solve this case because apparently just a few months before this, that it was the D.B. Cooper case. Oh, And so they never solved that one. Yeah. And so they wanted to solve this. Interesting. And a lot of pressure on it. They had a hundred or two hundred and fifty agents working on the case. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of people, mm-hmm. and that's not even locals. It's like the that's the just country. FBI. Oh, not nuts. Wow, FBI had two hundred and fifty. Um, apparently, the clergyman's number was just picked at random, so they probably would have called somebody else had he not answered it. Wow, the two people who um, had been indicted and stuff. Callahan and Larson, they were acquitted because Meshbesher was able to prove that the fingerprints were altered, presumably by police oh, or FBI or whoever. Interesting. So, okay, question, because I probably just, like, blanked out at some it. point. Yeah. Meshbesher was the attorney for those two? Defense attorney. Oh, okay. That Not makes more sense. I was like, why would he do that? <laughs> <laughs> so, during their second trial, they were able to show that these fingerprints were altered by some expert. Wow. That, that was, I think this okay. was new to the field, too. Yeah. This, this fingerprint thing. Yeah, I don't know. 70s. Exactly. But, yeah. And then if you ever feel like looking up this story, mm-hmm. you need to look into Linda with a Y, Linda Lee Billstrom. 
because she claims that she knew who did the kidnapping because she was, um, I think she even was maybe married to one of the participants at some point. Mm. So she was around and had overheard them. But she's in a lot of the legal paperwork. Interesting. And the appeal paperwork, I believe, specifically. But that was nuts. In her version of things, I'm curious if they found her to be more of like a crazy person who wants attention or if if they just were like it's too much work yeah but like we already caught the guy we're not gonna do anything else Mm -hmm. so yeah there's a kidnapping of Ginny piper piper Piper. (laughs) (laughs) very good very, very good. Yeah, I looked up Piper Jaffrey. Okay. And it's an investment bank in Minneapolis. Making sense. I'm going to look up the picture of it. I'm pretty sure I've seen... Well, actually, they all look exactly the same in downtown Minneapolis, so... Yeah. Look it. It's a very tall one. Would you look at that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a tall building <laughs> in, in a downtown city. Minneapolis. <laughs> Weird. Piper Jaffrey. A multinational independent investment bank and financial services company. <laughs> nice. Nice. Piper Jaffrey. Yeah. I'll look up Piper. Not Pooper. Popper. Poppers. That's perfect. Let's Keep look up Poppers. Abbott. <laughs> yeah, Virginia Piper Cancer Institute. Okay. Oh, Virginia. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they use her proper name. Yeah. So I'm guessing. Speaking of they blinking, donated. I just... Oh, at Abbott, at yeah. North, Abbott Northwest. Yep. That's a hospital here, right? Yep, in Minneapolis. Nice. Yeah. Well, Can, fantastic. We look good. Claps. Claps for us. <laughs> Claps for us. So, my suggestion to you yesterday was that mm-hmm. we flip-flop. Mm-hmm. And you do crime, I do paranormal. Fantastic. I have a story ready to go. It's ready. true crime okay. with a hint... Of the occult. Oh, okay. Oh. I accept that. So, so you can still get your feet in that yeah, pond. Because I saw it and <laughs> I was like, it needs itch. both worlds. It was like the first story that I found. Okay. So. Good. Um, that sounds great. So, yeah. So, all right. We shall. See you later. Talk to y'all next time. Sounds good. Okay, bye. Goodbye, Love you. Now. Oops. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs>